Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome. I'm Aubrey Byer. And I'm Shaylin Smith. And you're listening to The The Resolutes. By the time that you hear this episode, Shaylin will have a new little person brought into this world. Have you... I know we've talked about this before because we've done a few episodes about caves. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been spelunking? Is that where you just like crawl into holes in the ground for no reason? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I have not. (laughs) I've been in, um, when we went to Hawaii a couple years ago, just Chad and I, they have these lava tubes. Right. Okay. That are fascinating. Yeah. And they're, you know, like when the lava's flowing, the outside will crust over Mm -hmm. and, but underneath, inside, it's still f- flowing hot lava. And then right. eventually the lava will run out and leave this cavity yeah. within. Yeah. And we went down into these lava tubes and we, we went like a certain distance. And I was like, it's pitch black. Yeah. You have these flashlights that you take with you. And one of the things on one of the signs was like, oh gosh. watch out for, it's this type of worm what they're huge these ugly cave worms and they're big and they will cling to the cave walls and ceiling and sometimes fling themselves <gasps> off oh so half the time i was just looking up looking for some creepy worm that was gonna like fling itself onto me i'm sickened i know i hate that me too. i actually so i did have a cave experience this summer in bend oregon and it was like, yeah, we went into a whole cave. Um, that was my first time in a cave. It was really bizarre. <laughs> it was fun. There's a ton of people. And it was like a really big cave, like really okay. tall. Yeah. Um, like I a... think the shortest was like, it was room height at the shortest that yeah. I went to anyway. Um, but but no, the lava tubes that the Christian went to at Mount St. Helens because they had, you know, the, the big yeah the explosion eruption. The eruption of 1980. Um, so there's a lot of tubes there, but they have something called the ape caves. Yeah, and it's just like, I think from my understanding, it looks like just like a hole in the ground that you like, but then it's like a cave system somehow. Yeah, but it's not like the kind like the one that I went to is just like some stairs down into down, a cave. and then it's just this like cavity, just like a huge cavity. Yeah. So that's interesting. I know. Yeah, that I. One of the things that was really beautiful when we were in there was once you get a certain distance from the entrance, when you shine the light up, there's all these minerals oh, interesting. that just glitter. That's so It cool. looked like somebody just covered the walls and ceiling of the cave That's really in cool. glitter. That's that was really, really pretty. Cool. It was very magical <laughs> until we reached the point where I'm like, I don't see any other people. We are too deep in this thing. Yeah, I want to out. <laughs> like, yeah. I've got like... That's kind of freaky. I know. Ooh. That's so freaky. Okay, well, I'm going to set a little scene for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm stressed out already. I know, okay. I know. My chest feels tight when I think of these stories like this one. There's other ones where it's a different type of stress, you know? Yeah. Um, Like Julianne Cope Key's story, right. that's a different type of stress for me. Ones like this just make you, like, <sighs> it makes you want to take, like, yeah. whew, a really deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> Pressing deeper into the cave system, the boys chattered about their p- football practice. Giggling or giggling could be heard echoing off the walls of the cave as their assistant coach, 25-year-old Ekafon Kanthawong, told them to quiet down. He had heard something. Another boy was laughing. Ekafon shushed the boy and listened. Then they all heard it. The gurgling of water. He motioned for them to all come back the way that they had come in. They made their way back to the narrow passage that they had entered through. The only thing was, though, the passage was gone. It was completely filled in with water, and water was gushing into the cavern. They had no way out. Wow. The, it's raining really hard right now as well. That really added to the drama <laughs> of that moment. You probably you can't hear that on the recording. Very huge. She's like, the water's coming oh. in. We're on the second story of my house right now, by the way. So it's like, I don't <laughs> need to hear be it, concerned like... about the water rushing in. <laughs> Good Lord. 
That's terrifying. It's very terrifying. I uh, one time went hiking to a mine shaft and I did not enter said mine shaft. There was like a puddle right at the entrance and I was like, not today. Not today. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, there's water in there. Mm -mm. (laughs) I'm not going in there and y'all are fools for doing it. They all made it out though. I have a feeling that may not be the case in this story. We shall see. I don't like that. So the date is Saturday, June 23rd, 2018. (laughs) That's very recent. (laughs) Very recent. Um, And there's 12 boys, ages 11 to 16, and they um, all live in various regions in Thailand. Mm. And their football team was called the Wild Boars, and it's... um, you know, European football. Right. So soccer, soccer yeah. where we're from. And then um, with them was their assistant coach. And I hope I'm saying it right. Um, Ekafon Kanthawong. They, after, they had a nice football practice and they were all riding their bikes home. And on the way home, it had um, was one of the boys' birthday birthdays. And so they had stopped by these caves called the Tom Luang Nang cave system. And they were going to just, you know, go inside, explore a little bit before heading the rest of the way home and celebrate their um, teammates birthday and then ride their bikes the rest of the way home at the entrance to this cave system. There's um, a sign that because in Thailand, they get monsoon rains. Right. And their monsoon season is from July in this area to November. Okay. And with some of these caves, it, I w- imagine um, like a heartbeat. Uh, what's that called? Like the line. Like an EKG. Yes. So there's areas in these caves where the cave will dip down and then back up to right. a peak back down back up to a peak so to even get into these caves you're like you know scrambling down climbing up climbing down and kind of going you know going through these different um rise and falls of the areas of the cave and because they get monsoon rains and often these types of caves will have you know, cavities up above Mm. them that um, I can't remember what the type of cave is called, but there's a certain term for caves where there's sometimes a ground level entrance. I'm imagining, you know, like those beautiful Instagram pictures where they're in this like underwater pool and it's just this open hole above them Um, like that. But usually the um, above ground entrances are smaller and will feed can feed water into these cave systems and so on the sign it warns people not to enter the cave between july and november because the caves will flood and they just said ah it's fine well this was in june it was at the end of june so and there wasn't i don't think there was like weather on the fork they they didn't realize right yeah Yeah, it wasn't raining they'd had like decent weather they just had their practice and they were planning on just like you know you're thinking an hour tops maybe two like going to your local park right you're just like oh i'm gonna go like going on a walk around lake sylvia yeah i'm just gonna go do that real quick you know enjoy our friend's birthday and hang out with them a little longer and then ride home oh boy unfortunately as they are while they're in the cave system monsoon rains hit and they as I, you heard at the beginning get trapped deep within the cave system gosh yeah that's a nightmare it's oh gosh especially and these boys with like are, these young yeah 11 to 16 year olds that's like so sad can you I imagine know. like being the the person responsible for them that would be the really coach oh my gosh sad. so um at 7 p.m this is long past when these boys should have been home the head coach like looks at his phone and has over 20 missed calls from different parents wow. wondering where their kids are. Oh my gosh. And oh God, that would have just been like 
heart wrenching too. Your gut, your stomach just yeah. drops. Like, oof. so he calls Ekafon, the assistant coach, over and over. Can't reach him. He calls many of the other boys on the team. Can't get a hold of any of them. Oh man! And then um, he ends up getting a hold of one boy that that's on their team, a thirteen-year-old boy, who explained that he had parted with the group before the he knew that they were going to go into the cave system but he had left the group and went home instead whoa yeah and so but uh, thankfully he knew that they were going to go in there so he was able to at least give a location of where he last saw them so um the head coach rushes to the tham long caves and sees all of the abandoned bikes. No. Can you imagine? That's like so sad oh, to even think about. Haunting. Yeah. Oh man. And he looks at the entrance of the cave and there is just water gushing. No. Can you even imagine? That's like that's and this, what this, horrible sight. Oh gosh. It's so scary. And this happened in a matter of a couple of hours. Yeah. From when they entered the cave to when they became immediately trapped. Yeah. So he calls the authorities right away and says, you know, um, this this is where they were last seen. I think they went into the cave. I've been calling them. I've been, nobody's come out. I think they're trapped. This is kind of a side note. Um three of the boys and the coach I just thought this was interesting had no what they consider no nationality Okay. so even though they're living in Thailand there's tribes in that area that are unaffiliated with um, Thailand or China they're not they don't have they're not recognized as a nationality oh interesting isn't that interesting and so one of the things that they like issues that they would come into is if um if these boys like one soccer is really huge right because it gives a lot of these kids opportunities to get scholarships into colleges outside of their region right um one of these boys he does make it out um ends up getting a scholarship to a college in england wow and he goes and attends this college in england wow but if you have no nationality, you don't have a passport. Right. How do you even get a passport? Yeah. Other countries won't even let you in to try to gain a citizenship. Right. And which is just, I didn't, I've never considered that that uh, yeah, I guess I, I is a possibility for people. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. I'd be curious to see like, cause the only thing I could think of would be like the indigenous peoples here in the U S. Um, but I think like they can get all the same, like, american citizenship yeah i think right? so too. even though they're a sovereign nation yeah so they, they I th- the same. It, would it be considered maybe like a dual citizenship maybe, probably probably i don't think the u.s recognizes dual citizenship but really yeah oh, so, but you can that. still have it because every other country does <laughs> so it's like it's just a classic no. you're only one or the other you know which interesting like, which like <laughs> i guess makes it does make a little sense but anyway yeah but yeah does. so yeah, I, I didn't realize that that was, like, a thing. I never really yeah. thought about it. And then it. how difficult to even get, because if you're not recognized, so, for instance, these boys, this hat takes place in Thailand. Yeah. If you're, if Thailand doesn't recognize you as right. a citizen, yeah. how do you ever go anywhere, or, ever? Have you ever lost, like, your ID or your social security card or anything like mm-hmm. that? Or your birth certificate. Yeah. I had to get a replacement birth certificate and... It's like months and months yeah. of just waiting around. And it honestly is like, I think you just go in for an appointment and it's like really easy, but it just takes, it takes forever. forever. Yeah. And so I can't even, yeah, I can't imagine like you I, don't have any of the yeah. official paperwork and all yeah, that. It's so, so interesting, you know? <sighs> yeah. Hmm. That's fascinating. All right. So that was kind of a side note, but um, <laughs> on June, so this happens on June 24th. Right, okay. And, or sorry, June, or Saturday, June 23rd. Okay. On June 24th, so the next day, um, there was a British caver. His name is Vern Unsworth. <laughs> that sounds like the most British last name. Unsworth. Vern Unsworth. Unsworth. <laughs> At your service. <laughs> Spelunking <British> extraordinaire. 
Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't apologize. But that was great. <laughs> he gets a phone call about these missing boys, mm-hmm. and um, he advises the. It's called the BCRC, which is British Cave Rescue Council. Things you don't even realize exist, you know? Britain involved in Thailand? I guess I didn't realize that. This <laughs> becomes one of the... It's the biggest international rescue operation wow. I've ever heard of, personally. Okay. It's so just different countries wild. are banding together. Yes. And I think because Thailand is known for these caves, right. these cave systems, I think a lot of these experts were already in the area. So, like, for instance, okay. Vern... Unsworth, he was already in that area and he had actually planned on exploring that particular cave wow. the following day wow when he gets this call okay yeah. okay so he was already in he's, the area i don't know there. how uh, maybe there's like a log you have to, you know you have to like check in with people before you go i don't know because clearly yeah. someone knew he was there right so the following day um the thai navy seals come in Nice. And start trying to do a search. Wow. So with the Navy SEALs, they have expert divers. These people can navigate a lot of different systems. Yeah. Um, but the water, I mean, imagine. It's got to be a ton of water. It's a ton of water already. I mean, we're talking gushing at yeah. you like a, just like a wow. river. And, and then on top of that, it's super muddy. Wow. And so it's yeah. like they can't, they were saying they can't even see with their headlamps. They couldn't even see right. anything. Because it's like agitating the, the ground so yeah. much. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Wow. I know. So mm. I, the fact that any of this, that anybody was rescued when you, when as the story develops is unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, um, they had to pause their search efforts because the rainfall was too heavy. And still raining. It, it's still it hasn't stopped. Oh no. Yeah. And and I mean they're getting like heavy, heavy rain yeah. and then the water's just gushing out of this cave. And wow. then it'll relent a little bit, but it's still raining. Right. So days later, so we're now four days in to their entrapment. June 27th, three British, or B, the BCRC, British Cave Rescue Council, um, three divers come. Then their specialty is cave diving. Okay. So, you know, a lot of caves have standing water or in situations like this will sometimes be submerged in water um, until the, or I wonder too if it's like un, specifically underwater caves that they dive in. Yeah. I've never even considered that that was an area of expertise until yeah. learning about this story. Yeah. Um, open water divers arrive who dive in the open water but explore, you know, more narrow, craggy areas in the yeah. open water. June 28th. So this is... Four days. Four, no, five? Five. Yeah, five days in. Wow. Um, Oof. And they, they don't even have a plan yet because it, they can't even they can't even get in far enough to um, formulate a plan. They don't yeah. they can't even get in far enough into the cave entrance to figure out what needs to be done or where if they're still alive yeah. where they're at. Well, as you say, the fact that it's five days later and people are still tra- showing up to try to help yeah. is kind of crazy when they found when out day one yeah. yeah and the technology didn't exist like they they've tried everything to um but the technology didn't exist to try to f- locate people that far below the surface of the earth right and so whatever technology they had wasn't penetrating deep enough right. to even tell if they could find anybody wow yeah wow so uh june 28th the u.s air force team arrives to help dude yeah um the following day june 29th the australian federal police specialist response group has a group of divers that come to try to help and keep in mind they have i mean the only quote fresh water if these people are still alive that they would have is whatever is filling up their cave and then on top of that 
no food. Yeah. You know, and they're now um, six days in. Gosh. So thankfully, at least they have water because we know that's That's the the big one. That's the big one. Yeah. But the other issue is oxygen. Right. Because they're in a cave. Oh. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, Sunday, July 1st, a Chinese team of divers come to try to help. Wow. So we have, I mean, this is in. This is like every continent at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Really? Except Antarctica. Come yeah. on, Antarctica. Come on, Antarctica. Where you at? Send your little penguin. <laughs> um, they use search dogs up on the surface to try to sniff for any sort of shaft that might right. be an alternative entrance into the cave system. Even then, they wouldn't know which direction, yeah. if it's in the right cavity at all, right. if it's going to lead to the right area. But they're, at, I mean, they're desperate. Right. They are willing to try anything. Um, the, BR, the BCRC divers, uh, Richard Stanton and John Volanten, Volanten? Volanten. <laughs> Sounds right. Um, they navigate through. They finally... Um, are able to get past the entrance because it lets up enough that they can get past the entrance of the cave and he's putting it's called uh, diving guidelines Mm. kind of like on our Everest episode yeah Yeah. so he's putting these guidelines um, everywhere that he's going so that they can follow it back out yeah and um, so they're underwater and then you would come, you know, like I said, you're coming up to like these ridges yeah. where you're having to kind of go over and then back into the water, so diving down these craggy areas. And you don't know how far you have to go to the next right. surface area. Right. And that, oh, it is terrifying to me to think of what if you're under there for two hours? Yeah. Just in underwater alone. Does what that, if you run out of oxygen? Like, that is, it's just so brave to even attempt any of this. Yeah. It's incredible. Wow. Um, and it's so dark, too. Like, <sighs> I know the oxygen is probably way more concerning, but, like, the darkness. <laughs> so scary. So scary. <laughs> it's so scary. Um, so they're joined by Belgian cave, cave diver Ben Raymondance and a French diver named Maxim Polyjaka. I don't really know why I pointed these men's name out. Just because of the international effort, right. I, I suppose. But there are dozens and dozens of expert divers yeah. working on this case. Yeah. Um, with the heavy rain, it was causing extreme currents. So they're... And, of <laughs> underwater. course... Underwater. Yes, the visibility. In, in the cave. Like, that's... <laughs> yes, underwater. <laughs> uh, clearly, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, in the cave. So, that's I mean, funny. imagine, like, all of those things, murky water. I never even thought about that Tight spaces. Either. Yeah. Just think of... Some of these cavities are super tight. Right. And then the working against the current. That's... What a struggle, man. It was a very big struggle. Wow. Oh, gosh. Wow. It's a lot. That's a lot. I know. Um, he, so he's running the guidelines. He ends up running out of line because that's how far in that <laughs> no. they go into this system. But on July 2nd, he finds them. Wow. So he surfaces in this pool and they are, it's like, they're up on this ledge, okay. this uh, rocky outcrop overlooking the pool of water that has filled their cave. And they are so deep into this cave. And I, I wonder, too, if they had to keep retreating deeper. Right. Because, because the water just kept water. coming in. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good thought. So, because they are two and a half miles in from the cave and there's now. yeah there's no way like if you were just doing a quick outing with some kids yeah that's i like think they got shoved go. in yeah i know wow so um that's crazy it this is 
incredible yeah. that he found them. They're all still alive. That's amazing. He says that he was actually able to smell them and hear them before he saw them. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. That is so sad. I know. Um, Can you imagine how horrifying <sighs> for those boys it must have been to see him coming out of the water, though? It, it would have been... Wouldn't that have been oh, so gosh. scary? Ooh. Like, in the darkness, and then all of a sudden, oh, I God, mean, that hopefully he me saw, out. like, their headlamp first and knew it was, like, a hopefully, human. Hopefully, yeah. But Otherwise, that would just be <laughs> like, so scary. I don't scary. know why my mind went there first. No, I didn't but think be really, about that. That would be really scary. Oh, out of the murky depths. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And they've been in the dark and they've been for in the dark so for long. a week or oh more at gosh. this point. Like, oh. awful. So... Unfortunately, yes, they're found, but now the operation has only just begun. Right. Find, it took them a week just to find them. I mean, he probably didn't have any food or anything to give no, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't have anything to bring with him in that in that moment but and you can't like radio out be like, "Come on in, guys. The bring some food." You know, yeah. That's terrible. On July 3rd, the Thai um, three Thai Navy SEALs arrive and they stay with them the rest of the time. Oh. I know. And um, they, which is so sweet because that, yeah. I mean, just having that company yeah. is and huge. somebody who kind of has like a, a knowledge of what to do in horrible circumstances yeah. like this. Like there's, there's just something really incredible about emergency responders, you know, mm-hmm. like that's such a, what what a job you know i know <laughs> that's amazing i know because that's like i don't know yeah they're kind of like putting themselves in that kind of like obviously they know the way out and they have the tools to get out again but still though that's like that's crazy i know along with the um thai navy seals includes um the thai army doctor he's lieutenant colonel paul Loharakun, and he comes with some food and he's um a doctor so he is examining each of the boys and they're all like very thin right they're you know haven't had food in over a week but otherwise they all seem to be in really great condition that's great no injuries or anything no injuries they're all coherent yeah. In pretty good spirits. Nice. All things considered. Wow. Of course. Yeah. Um, so he gives them like this a high energy, um, nutrient rich foods that are easy to digest. Nice. Emergency blankets, because I can only imagine oh, how cold. Gosh. That yeah, when I went in that cave, um, there was ice everywhere. It was, it was the middle of summer. Oh my gosh. In Oregon. There was ice? Ice in the cave. So I can't imagine That's incredible that none of these boys had like hypothermia. Yeah. Wow. Caves are cold, man. <laughs> and this part just made me really sad. They had tried to dig their way out. And they every single day they were using rocks to dig. And they had dug five a hole five meters deep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's some determination. I know. That is... It's so desperation, sad to think you about. know. Yeah. I know. Smart idea though. It is smart. It's very smart. I would be like, oh, I don't know what to do. About five meters. Wow. So um, overall, more than 10,000 people contributed to the help of this rescue. Wow. So whether that was through, like, offering up finances, food, helping, I mean, because you have people that are working around the clock trying to figure this out. You know, it's amazing. Um, So one of the first things... After, you know, they tried all these different things. One of the f- things that they realized they're going to have to do is pump some of the water out, which sounds impossible. Right. Yeah. But y- when you see the pumps that they used for this, it's astounding. Interesting. So they start pumping out the water and they pumped out in the end what would be the equivalent of 400 Olympic sized swimming pools of water. It's unfathomable. And I know there's like local farmers that this poured right into their landscape and destroyed their crops. Yeah, I was to say that's yeah. not a good thing. So yeah. I don't know I don't know what became of that situation. Right. But um 
yeah, just crazy. Some of the flooded sections of the cave were so small, they were measuring 15 inches by 28 inches. What? Why Why did they go in there? Well, I wonder far? if that was where they had to retreat through yeah. sections like that, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Or, you know, they're both like, just, well, let's go. Then we're going to go climb. <laughs> Can yeah. I fit through that? I don't know. Let's find yeah. out. You know, kids think that way. That's true. And some adults. And some adults, yeah. I'm not interested in it. Yeah. <laughs> it took six hours for them to get to the boys from the entrance because of the six current. Six hours? Diving. Holy Diving holy. the majority of that time. Yeah. I was like, I was going to ask why didn't they just like have them all swim out or whatever, but. So that's. Th- gr- that's why six yeah. hours. And that's a really good question. You know, that was one of the things that they initially that was their original plan was giving these boys a brief introduction to diving and then having them go with a diver and having that diver lead them out yeah but when you think about it took six hours to get to them for an experienced diver for an experienced diver yeah to have an 11 year old boy try to attempt that even if he's a strong swimmer is yeah in, when he's like emaciated too yeah. and weak for, yeah, right that's yeah that wouldn't have worked and then on top of that several of the boys didn't even know how to swim oh gosh yeah okay Dang. so talk about a real nightmare too yeah. <laughs> your cave is filling up with water getting higher and higher and you don't even know how to swim that is i can't imagine the dread that oh, you, they must the, have felt. of impending doom yeah on July 5th, um, a man named Saman Kunal was bringing more air tanks into the chamber. What they were trying to do is they would bring, they numbered the chambers, and they would try to bring, start stationing air tanks because okay. six hours of time. diving yeah. is not, you know, especially when you can't have a huge air tank because yeah. you're squeezing through right. these spaces. This is very sad. So he was trying to bring air tanks to one of the chambers and he lost consciousness. Oh no. And he ended up dying. Oh my god. And his dive buddy tried to revive him and like brought him to the surface and put you know, tried to do CPR, but he ended up dying in the in the rescue effort. Wow. That's very really sad. That's very sad. There's one other death. Only one other. Wow. In this rescue effort. And um, this is so sad, too. This man's name is uh, Beirut Pakbara, and he died a year after this of septic shock from a blood infection that he acquired during the rescue. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. That's Isn't that awful. interesting? I know. It's very, it's terrible. That's, that's really, yeah. How did he get injured? Do you know? I don't. How strange. I know. It's really sad. But those are incredibly, it's so sad because it's, these men are heroes right. and they died rescuing yeah. these boys. But every single one of those 12 boys and the coach make it out alive. That's incredible. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's shocking. Extra shocking when you hear how. Okay. So, um, on July 6th, they noticed the oxygen levels dropping crucially low. Oh, gosh. And by July 8th, the oxygen level was down to 15% oh, oxygen. Oh, my word. Yeah. On July 6th, they noticed the oxygen levels dropping crucially low. And that became a major, major concern, obviously. Um, so... They're trying to think of, at this point, there's no alternative entrances. Mm. They're pumping water out, but it took an ex- very experienced cave diver. Yeah. I mean, th- that's this man's specialty. Right. Six hours. Right. Just to get to these kids. And they're running out of options because 
on top of all of this struggle, and even though they were able to bring some food in, with the oxygen levels dropping, on top of all of that, as if that wasn't enough, there's also a monsoon on its way. Oh, God. That is supposed to hit in the next week. No. So this is their window. And they knew if they don't get them out now, they won't. Wow. They won't be able to. Yeah. So one idea was to build some sort of oxygen line, but, and they attempted that and they couldn't, they couldn't do it. Yeah. That's you, a huge you, feat. Two and a half miles. Like. Oh my gosh. And when you see, when you see this cave structure, it's, yeah. 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 Um, another was to try to drill a rescue shaft. Okay. They attempted this a hundred times unsuccessfully. What? A hundred Are attempts, you kidding me? And they couldn't do it. Wow. Um, their initial thought was to maybe wait it out and keep giving them food and water. But, like I said, when they found out a monsoon was coming, they knew that this that wasn't an option anymore. Wow. They tried to find alternative entrances. Um, and then their only other thought was to teach them basic diving skills. But we've already addressed that, and that's not an option either. So what they decided is... They had to bring these boys out one at a time with an experienced diver bringing them out. So how do you do that? Yeah. You have 12 boys, one adult. And on top of that, can you imagine being any age? I mean, I feel like I'd probably panic more now. And trying to follow... Or, like, hold on to a diver, struggling, trying to help, but maybe you're pulling them back. They, they knew that the risk of one of these boys panicking yeah. was so great yeah. that it could risk their own life and the life yeah. of the diver trying to take them out. Absolutely. So um, they started to practice what, how this rescue method would work. And at a local pool, they used chairs and weighted them down and made like a cave system in the pool. Okay. And then practiced on local kids that volunteered in bringing them through the, wow. this made-up cave system. And it wasn't perfect, but it was honestly their only res- resort, you know. Wow. What a, what a unique... I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So July 8th, they clear everybody out of the entrance of the cave because there's hundreds of volunteers stationed. And um, they get everybody out of the entrance for several reasons. One, they were not confident at all that they were going to be able to bring all the boys out alive. They knew that there would they be casualties. They didn't want anybody they, to see. They yeah. didn't want anybody to see. They didn't want anybody to know which child yeah. until... So they, they, as they bring these boys out, they did not, until everybody was brought out, they did not say who they had brought brought yeah. out. So how heart-wrenching for the parents, but then I, you understand that too. Yeah. Because you can't, you have to just focus on the operation. Yeah. And you can't let anything else get in the way of it. Wow. Um, so eight, it, um, 18 rescue divers practiced and prepared for this mission. Wow. One was including a man named Richard Harris, and he was an anesthesia expert. Okay. 90 Thai divers were stationed at different parts of the cave system with extra tanks of oxygen and other supplies that I'll explain in a minute. Um, having later on having no idea because then it's they just um the group decided they would bring the weakest boys out first but the doctor basically said they're all actually in decent condition there's no boy worse off than any other boy and so the soccer group decided to whoever volunteer you know 
that the the boys that live the farthest away should go first should be allowed to leave first right. because this is so like oh um having no idea that this had at this point that this was globally known right. um Ekafon, the assistant coach later told press we were thinking when we get out of the cave we would have to ride the bicycles back home so the persons who lived the furthest away should be allowed to go out first oh my gosh <laughs> so that they can go out and tell everyone that we were inside and that we were okay oh. i know they had no idea what That's like they oh i know and oh gosh it's, it's just wild so each boy when it was his turn was put into a wetsuit and then um with that a buoyancy jacket so that they would float and wouldn't just you know sink down a harness and then a pressure it's a pressurized full face mask so it goes over oh, that's your nice. whole face and like your jaw yeah and it's like clear on the front and so it's harder to dislodge than just um, right. like a respirator yeah then they were injected with ketamine, which is an anesthetic. And they, didn't, they did not really, like, tell the boys because they didn't want to scare them. Yeah. Um, this would leave them fully unconscious. Holy crap, dude. Yeah. I understand why, but... I know. Wow. It, it's unbelievable. And obviously the main reason is they didn't want any of the boys to panic yeah. because they knew... This was an impossible process. Yeah. They were also given an anti-anxiety drug, which would lower, like, their heart rate and their blood pressure and their breathing. So the oxygen would last longer. And then on top of that, a, another drug that reduces your saliva. So it would reduce their risk of choking. Wow. Because they're this unconscious. Is, what a crazy plan. I, I can't believe it's real. But people thought about this. I know. And it worked, you know? I know. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wow. It's, it's amazing. It's incredible. That's amazing. Um, so the oxygen was put on the front of their bodies, like on their chest. And then they fashioned a handle wow. to the back of the boys. So they would, the diver would hold on to the handle and guide the boy through the water that way. Wow. And that must have been very challenging too, like the weight of it, you know. I know. And at, in narrower parts, they'd have to like push the boy ahead of yeah. them. They were tethered together. So if for whatever reason you yeah, if you're having to push the boy in front of you, yeah. you can't lose him yeah. in the murky water. Wow. Um Harris and two medical assistants were given diplomatic immunity. In the event that something went horribly wrong. Dang. Yeah. Because they knew it, they knew it would. They knew there's no way. Right. There's no way. Um, but then they did it. And it's just... Incredible. That's incredible. Astounding. The anesthesia only lasted 45 minutes. So I mentioned the 90 Thai divers that were stationed. Yeah. They were stationed with injections. So they had to re-inject the boys every 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine the stress of being one of those divers and just wondering if at any moment this boy is going to wake up and just go buck wild and then die literally in your hands. Yeah. That's heartbreaking. It is. When you think about like, I don't know, anesthesia, anesthesia is a weird like a weird thing anyway like in a hospital setting for yeah. a procedure so oh my gosh yeah okay so one of the things that the divers would do is they would if they were in a long stretch they would look to make sure that bubbles were coming up from the mask mm-hmm. and that's how they knew that the boys were breathing or or from the mask or from you know whatever or, valve yeah and that would be the only way that wow. they would know know for sure when they were in these long stretches that their they called them their package that their package was still alive. Wow, I know. Um, once reaching chamber three, that was the one that was above water, closest to the exit, mm. still like in the water, but you're not having to dive through. Yeah, 
they were wrapped in a, it's called a sked stretcher. And it's one of those ones that kind of comes, it kind of looks like a little bobsled. It mm. comes up over the sides and then there's straps yeah. across the top, but yeah. it, you're protected on the sides as well. Right. And the process just to get from chamber three out of the, to the cave entrance took five hours. The first the first one took over five hours wow. to get from chamber three to the entrance. And right. this is an above water operation right. that they're having to transport the stretcher over slippery rocks, right. mud. They're just, it's just a struggle. Wow. And then at some areas, they, um, some rock climbers had constructed this intricate um, zip line system. And so once they reached a certain point, they were able to hook the sked stretcher to the zip line wow. and zip line them out the rest of the way. Wow. That's so hardcore. It's crazy. Um, as the drainage, like, I, you know, we they were pumping gallons and, ga- I mean, hundreds and of gallons out. I don't even know how. Yeah, pools, just so much. Pools, they were pumping yeah. out pools of water. <laughs> Um, then that process from chamber three to the entrance started to only take an hour. Wow. Once they got enough water out. Wow. That's like how much of a struggle it was wow. with the water in there. The coach was in the last portion of the rescue mission and the three Thai Navy SEALs that had gone and stayed with them were the very last to leave wow isn't that amazing that is they amazing. waited till every boy was rescued wow and then they were the last to leave as they were leaving the water level starts rising again and um two of them make it out immediately and the third one they all like everybody i mean this happened so quickly in a matter of like minutes that everybody that was in the entrance had to evacuate immediately wow. because the water level just rushed up. Wow. And they thought that they had lost the last guy and then he surfaced. Wow. And it was like a breath. Just everybody, incredible. Yeah. Release that breath. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I know. So incredibly, every single boy survives. That's and amazing. The coach. Wow. And they all they they just did everything the all of the people involved did everything right mm-hmm. the medical attention that they received was perfectly done you know they slowly brought their nutrition levels back up yeah um they had them all in sunglasses for quite some time until wow. their eyes slowly adjusted to right. light again because they were in the dark for so long. Wow. But every single one made a full recovery. That is amazing. I know. It's I can't believe I've never heard this story before. This was only five years ago? Yes. So I had heard of this, but I didn't know any of the details. I just knew, because I, I remember it being in the news, and I remember hearing that these boys were, this soccer team was trapped in this cave. Right. And then I remember, you know, like following a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't pay close attention to the details. Yeah. And then hearing that they had been rescued and it was, you know, it was like, oh gosh, that's, I'm so glad to hear that. That was, that's awful. Yeah. But that was, that was all I had really known about it until, um, so there's several adaptations or like, um, documentaries about this already. And there's a really well done movie about it. And it's called 13 lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was directed by Ron Howard and it stars Vigo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, uh, John Edgerton and Tom Bateman. And it's really well done. Okay. And, um, Chad and I watched it together and that was the first time where I was like, no, what? Yeah. Like they injected them and, navigated them through because it seems like such an insane thing it it is insane but it was that was their last wow last resort that's amazing and the fact that it worked is and it's so sad about the um men who lost their lives yeah but that's a what an amazing i i can't like just 
the creativity alone to think yeah. of such a plan is yeah. like my mind just can't even wrap around that you know yeah and the number of people who turned out to help these kids i know it's, it's incredible just wild it gives you hope for humanity so, and that is the wild honestly unbelievable yeah story of the tom luang cave rescue wow that is incredible i the mother the end of that movie because <laughs> you have these parents yeah. you know that are seeing these boys taken out they don't nobody's telling them if that boy is alive yeah. nobody's telling them which boy that is and they're like on the stretcher oh, gosh and, and they're that. not moving yeah Ooh. and because they don't know the plan the parents don't know the plan i mean would you want to hear that pl- i would not want to hear that like, plan no you are not <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah oh like, yeah yeah being a parent watching that i can't that's sad that would have been so scary i know Oof. your baby that's that's just freaky wow <sighs> it's almost like you're like wow i can't believe somebody let them do that but like there was i mean you they tried to drill 100 times i know like y- when you, you've exhausted yeah. every option you know yeah and when you see if you want i highly recommend anybody to watch the movie when you start to understand and even just looking at images online yeah. of these rescue efforts, when you see with your own eyes what this circumstance is, yeah. it's unbelievable. Well, thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, when you hear this, Shaylin will have a baby in her eyes. <laughs> I can't wait to meet your baby. I'm excited to meet her, too. Oh, she's going to be so cute. One of these dang days. <laughs> I know. New Year baby. New Year baby. She's That's just waiting. Right. She's just waiting. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in all y'all. All y'all. All y'alls. Uh be wary of cave systems. Oof. Um that sounds super frightening. Uh yeah. Thanks for listening. Check yeah. us out on Instagram, Patreon, Spotify, the works. Apple Tunes. iTunes. A- Apple, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Share us with Amazon your friends. Music. Yes, share us. Google something. Google's Google listens. I don't know what it's called on Me Google. Me neither. Podcasts, probably. Probably. Not that creative, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I mean, sponsor us, yo. That's oh. so funny. We will see you guys next week. Happy New Year. And if we don't see you next week, it's because I had a baby and we didn't have um, the Enough ability to record. So. <laughs> But hopefully we'll be able to see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.